Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, December the 8th, a day we as Catholics celebrate a high holy day, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness. Thank you for being with me as we continue to break open God's word. Why? So it can find a home in us and break us open. Really. Isn't that the idea? And what better day to celebrate that uh, than a day that we honor God's goodness in the creation of a plan long before Jesus was born, in in the conception of Mary in the womb of Anna, uh, and um, how God is so good, and God is so uh, farsighted, if we can use that, uh, to help bring about the good and the just I hit the needs of of the people, uh, not just the people two thousand years ago, but of humanity. And the God that did that then is doing that now. This God that we celebrate in this mystery of faith today continues to 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 surprise and be far sighted and bring about that um, which we need as well. Gosh, there's an introduction, huh? Um, Hey, welcome to this. We're going to dive right in. These readings are way too good. They're a little bit longer, but they're way too good. And I don't want to waste time with me just babbling. Second Sunday of Advent. We're going to read the first one from Isaiah. It's Isaiah chapter 40, which is an important chapter in Isaiah, and I'll explain why in a bit. And then we're going to read uh, the first words you're ever going to hear out of Mark's gospel. And so they got to be important, right? When you start a book, you know, just start willy-nilly. You kind of point in the way that you want to go. And these words are going to help uh, focus us in that way too. So however, my friends, you prepare yourself to open yourself to to receive this word, that this word can break us open as it intends and invites us to do. I invite you to do that now as we break open God's word together. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, Comfort. Give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up on to a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. He comes with power, the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
As always, brothers and sisters, with what we just heard, with what we're about to hear, if there is an idea, a word, a phrase, if there is some image that comes to mind, gosh, turn this off and just let God work with you in that word, that image, that idea, that phrase. However the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you, go with that, okay? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, let's start with Isaiah's reading. I mentioned that it's Isaiah chapter 40, and why is that important? Uh, The common idea within most scripture scholars today is that Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, which is 65, 66, I think 66 chapters long, is written by three different authors at three different times. That the first 39 chapters was written um, probably around the, the time that the Israel, the 11 tribes of Israel were being uh, taken off by the Assyrians, say, 720-ish, give or take, uh, B.C. And, and Isaiah was writing to Judah, uh, the southern kingdom, and saying, hey, don't be like the northern kingdom that, that trusted in their own power and, and let the Assyrians come and take them. Um, we got to be smarter than that. we got to go back to God. This, that God's the only one we can trust in, not our own, our own strength, okay? So that's the first 39 chapters. Beginning at the 40th chapter and going through about the 56th chapter, give or take, is what's called 2nd Isaiah. And that was written during the Babylonian exile. Okay? And then the last 10 chapters, give or take, were written after the Jewish people came back from the, the Babylonian exile, which was roughly, let's say, 150 years after the first Isaiah would have um, written. Okay, all right, enough with the history lesson. Why is that important? Because when the Jewish people were in Babylon, let's say 550-ish before Christ, uh, they thought they were done. As a people, remember, they were gathered around the temple. It was the very center of who they are. God was in the temple, and therefore, if God had abandoned them, if the temple was uh, ransacked and, and broken down and, uh, and raised, basically, uh, they were no longer a people. 
they didn't know who they were anymore. And here comes Isaiah talking to them and says, but you are still God's people. I mean, imagine if you felt the very thing that grounded you, the very thing that helped give you your identity was taken away from you. Think about it in that terms. But then somebody came and said, oh no, my friends. Oh no, that identity was never taken from you. In fact, you are the beloved one. You are, or whatever that identity is, times two. That's exactly who you are. That's what Isaiah is saying to the Jewish people. Comfort, give comfort to my people who are uncomfortable in Babylon, who believe they are no longer the people of God, who believe that God has, has deserted them. Comfort, give comfort to my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, not just the city, the people of Israel who are now in Babylon and proclaim to her that her service in Babylon is at an end. Her guilt, for which they were guilty, is expiated. They're done, okay? All is okay. Indeed, she received from the hand of the Lord double, meaning I'm going to give you twice as good stuff for all the sins that you gave me earlier. A voice cries out, comma, in the desert prepare a way of the Lord, meaning what's between Babylon and Jerusalem? A lot of desert. In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord because we're going back. Make straight a wasteland. Everything's going back. We get a second chance. That God who we thought had deserted us is still madly in love with us, doubly so. And God is going to take us back to remind us of that. Okay, so what does that have to do with us? Brothers and sisters, it has everything to do with us because that's who God is. It isn't just who God was. It's who God is. And I am not pointing a finger at you, and there is no judgment in this. If I, I mean, I'd be a hypocrite because here's what I know about you, and I don't even have to know you. I know that you are the beloved of God. I know that God... Uh, is, is going to, to, I don't even know how to say it, um, give you double for anything that you have done. That, that, that you, brothers and sisters, and me, we are Jerusalem. But I know this. I know that in your life, there are some places that are desert-like and wasteland-like. I know that. Now, I'm going to tell you this. That doesn't define you. Don't let it define you. The Jewish people had many years when they were in Babylon where they questioned themselves, they doubted themselves, they had a lot of regrets. Hey, there's nothing wrong to to struggle with those things. Those are human emotions, and those are real. And, And when we have made decisions that we regret, I think it's okay for us to struggle with that. But here's what I know. That doesn't define us. And those wastelands within us, those deserts within us, that just makes us human. But it is primarily, no, I won't even say primarily, that's a poor choice of words. But it is to those wastelands, it is to those deserts that our God will come within you and within me. And we may never see them sprout, even though Isaiah in other places says the steppe shall sprout, right? The desert land shall bloom. Those places within us, brothers and sisters, because they are desert now, because they are wasteland now, doesn't mean they will stay that way. What we do need to do, though, is acknowledge them and say that is part of who we are. It is not all of who we are, as I've said. It does not define us. There are plenty of places within your life, if you're being honest, that are fully blooming and that are beautiful. 
But our God chooses to love all of us. And in the wasteland, in the desert, prepare the way. Why? Because that's precisely where God wants to come. Didn't he say, what, the sick don't need a doctor? Or what, what show, you know, way to go. The, the healthy don't need a doctor. The sick do, right? And acknowledging that's part of who we are, we acknowledge to our God to say, that is where I need you. And yes, I do need you. Because that, those places of our lives that are desert-like, that are wasteland-like, that are empty, that's where our God wants to be born. It's where our God wants to be born individually in you and I. It's where our God wants to be in those empty and desert places in our culture, in our religion, in our family life, whatever it is. Because we have those two. Remember last week we talked about how we need to just lament and we need to cry out to God and say, God, be born in this world. Yes, amen. And we need then to be open and watch and see that our God continues and will be born in our world. And we need to be able to see it and name it and proclaim it because it happens now too, but it also happens within us. But again, here's the other part of the deal. It doesn't happen quickly. Those deserts and wastelands, I promise you, I promise you it's where our God wants and desires to be born. And, and they will begin to see growth. But I know this, you know, mountains don't get uh, broken down. I mean, when, when Isaiah says every valley shall be filled in and every mountain and hill made low, rugged lands shall be made a plain. I know that doesn't happen overnight. How long did it take the Colorado River to, to carve out the Grand Canyon? How long did it take glaciers to level hills and, and build them up? It's a long process, brothers and sisters. It won't happen by December 25th. But to the extent that we continue to bring those places before our God, you better believe it'll happen because our God says it will. And that's all we need. One other point I want to make, and then I'll, uh, uh, I'll finish up. I want to go to the gospel. Um, and uh, I want to start out by reading something uh, I was reading this morning from Richard Rohr uh, in one of his meditation books. So I'm just going to read. It's only like three, four sentences long. It's a, it's a paragraph. And you're going to see where I'm going, and then I want to point out to the gospel here. But this is what Richard says. He says, the church is like John the Baptist. It's like the body of Jesus. The body of Jesus had to die for the coming of the kingdom. John the Baptist had to point beyond himself to the kingdom. The church is not an end in itself. The church is a means. The kingdom is the end. And whenever we make the means into an end, we have created an idol. It is the major sin in the Bible, maybe the only one. Isn't that good? Brothers and sisters, what I liked about it, I mean, I like everything about it, but the church is like John the Baptist and it's like Jesus. The body of Jesus had to die for the coming of the kingdom. John had to point beyond himself. Maybe that's what Advent invites us to again. A time of new beginnings, right? Our God invites and allows us to start over. He invited and allowed the Jewish people to start over. And he said, go home, I'm still with you. He invites us to start over by allowing 
by, by naming the wastelands and deserts within us and saying, Lord, come into those spaces and, and help me move beyond them in, into a place of, of new life and new growth. And, and he invites us at this time to move, in a sense, beyond ourselves. And, I, and, and that's what I like about what Roar is saying here is he said, Jesus had to die for the kingdom to take place. John the Baptist pointed beyond. In both instances, it moves beyond the self. It moves beyond whatever it is that we put at the center of our lives. Um, because when we put anything other than the kingdom of God, even good things, even good things, they become an idol. And our God says, listen, all we have to do, and, and Rory even says maybe it's the only sin in the Bible, is the one when we make things into idols that do not belong there. John the Baptist came, said, and, and this is through Isaiah, behold, my messenger comes ahead of you. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. And all John did was was point out and basically say, he must increase and I must decrease. One mightier than I is coming, who's, who's I'm not worthy even to loosen the thongs of his sandals. All right. Are we able to, to step out in such a bold manner to say, listen, it's not about me. And so much of our lives, I think when we're honest with ourselves, is about us, whether it's our ego or our own advancement uh, or, or how we look good in, in whatever situation or, or whatever it is. And our God's saying, if we're going to be like Jesus, we've got to die to that. And if we're going to be like John the Baptist, is we have to point outside of ourselves, not to ourselves. And, and that's how the kingdom of God is born because, my gosh, my friends, you and I and, and their small lives, boy, they're way too small. Uh, and, and we settle for idols way too small for what the kingdom of God uh, is inviting us to be about. John the Baptist, if nothing else, reminds us to point outside of ourself. The kingdom of God is present, is it, it is at hand, but it is not me, and it is not you. And um, when we can come to grips with the fact that it is not about me, then we really can proclaim well what it is about, because then we're no longer caught up in this idol worship that is ourselves and our own egos and our own life and our own safety and security uh, or comfort. I've said enough. Um, lots to chew on there, and I hope that that uh, was life-giving as well for you. As always, we're going to take this into prayer, and let's just go back and uh, begin the joyful mysteries all again, just because they're going to so focus on this very thing that we want to be focused on in this season, right? So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. Mary says yes. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thank you for being with me. May your holy day, may your week, your second week of Advent be filled with every good joy. Be well.